signal looking good, waveform looking robust. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to the absolute and relative elevation of skyscrapers. And also sometimes we talk about betting on political outcomes. I'm one of the hosts. My name is David, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, one of whom is Starly. Hello, Starly. Hi. And the other of whom is John. John, are you on the line? Yeah, hey. Happy July 4th weekend, everybody. We're recording this on July 5th, which it turns out is a federal holiday. I was hoping to get some mail today. That's not happening because of the 4th of July holiday. But we hope everybody had a nice time celebrating the 4th of July, the first first Independence Day of our lifetime without Donald Rumsfeld. There's no mail on July 5th? Yeah, because if the federal holiday falls on the weekend, the Monday after the holiday is the holiday. I don't think you're going to get any mail today, guys. Mm. Does anyone get any mail anymore? I, I like to get mail. I always like to check my mailbox and get a little piece of mail. Mm-hmm. Could be a New Yorker magazine. Could be a postcard from a far-flung climb sent by one of my many adoring friends. Mm. It could be a care package from John Kimball, thoughtfully no, it, assemb- assembled and rearranged. Uh, yeah, it could be that. Yeah, it yeah. could be that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're just having fun. USA, July 4th. Uh, we're still going in this marvelous country. Do you think Donald... Rumsfeld was trying to hold on until the 4th? <laughs> I think Satan just called to him and said, I've, I've been hungering for your flesh for 88 years. I'm taking you now. I can't stand another moment without you in my leathery embrace. And he called Rumsfeld down to the lake of fire. I don't think Satan has a leathery embrace. I think he does. He's made out of, he's made out of rough leather. Well, then what do you think his skin is like then? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to Cold, think. damp? No, he's in hell. It's hot. Yeah. It's like being in a, a like yeah. um, when they heat up leather to make belts. No, that's where I'm bumping, the leather part. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you on the hot part, but I don't know if I think of him as leathery. He's leathery. Hmm. Like Freddy Krueger? That's how you kind of picture him? When I close my eyes and think of Satan, <laughs> I think of a leathery man. With umber skin, I don't know glowing white eyes and long fingernails and toenails <laughs> and a little tail, a little stubby tail. It'd be cute if he just had a little stubby tail like a puppy. Mm-hmm. All right, John, I know you're getting impatient. Tell us about everything that happened since last week's incredible episode where you went apeshit on these building elevations. I feel like you're the bell of the ball now. No one wants to hear us talk about Satan's skin regimen. What's going on with these altitudes and these skyscrapers? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. What the... <laughs> I just want to say that listener Ryan hit me up on Twitter saying that he thought I'd be really good at this game called GeoGuessr, which I had heard of, and I think I'd even tried it once before. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to see if I am good at this. And it's not been pretty the last 72 hours because I haven't done anything but play this crazy game. Let me guess. You're playing it all on your phone. Yeah. So it's an app, and it drops you in, in like, a random location anywhere in the world, and you get points for how close you guess to where it is. It's really addictive and fun and frustrating. Is that how you celebrated the 4th? That that is how I celebrated the 4th. Geo-guessing? You know, we had some neighborhood fireworks, which I was out, you know, participating in, even lit a few of them. Whoa! But, yeah, every once in a while, I'd look down at my phone and go— where are we here? Montenegro. Oh my God! You were at a you were at a neighborhood fireworks party, and you were looking at your phone trying to figure out if you were in Montenegro. Every once in a while, yes. 
you know your neighbors? Uh, yeah, yes. Dog's always attacking them. <laughs> yes, I know my neighbors. He's always apologizing to them for their crazy dog. Yeah, Bodie got out the other day and- Let me guess, he got out and he got really chill and relaxed and everyone was really happy to see him. Yeah, Bodie has this tendency to, he's fearful of people that he doesn't know uh, and he barks at them and he kind of scares them. He would never bite anybody, but he ran into a neighbor's yard the other day and barked at them. I've never had a dog that misbehaved before, so it's it's embarrassing. It's a wild, he's a wild child. He's like straight out of The Outsiders by Essie Hinton. That's what I was thinking. Pony Boy. He's like Pony Boy. Isn't that who stays golden? Don't they say, stay golden, Pony Boy. Stop chasing these neighbors. We keep Bodie in our thoughts. We wish him the best. We hope that that wild child will finally become a little less wild and can become the beautiful dog, the beautiful tame animal that we all know. And it was actually 15 minutes before the dog trainer was coming to the house to help us with Bodie and to help us with recall and everything. I'll just give a shout out to Mike and Annie, the dog trainers. We're hoping that uh, they're going to be able to help us with Bodie. Mike has us doing meditation. He actually recommended we listen to something by David Lynch, Catching a Big Fish. David, is this dog trainer a follower of Transcendental Meditation? Bodie, you need to empty your mind. Bodie, listen to me. It's David Lynch. How are you doing today, dog? Empty your mind. Let the ideas flow. People who talk backwards in a red room, that'll calm you down, doggy. Everybody on the street is working with with uh, Mike at Hickory Hounds right now. So it's kind of like a, a communal experience right now. So we're all going to sink or swim together, I think. Mm. We keep Bodie in our thoughts. We wish him the best. We hope that that wild child will finally become a little less wild and can become the beautiful dog, the beautiful tame animal that we all know. We'll see. John led this discussion last week about skyscraper heights and how you have to account for the elevation on which the skyscraper is built. You don't have to. We we just but were. We think you should. I think our I think election profit makers' policy is that you should account for elevation, right? We got some fascinating emails about this, and I I would like to read some of them. So we got an email all the way from Dublin, Ireland, from Rob. Rob, I'm not going to do an Irish accent, although I could. You would think it was you yourself reading the email, but I'm just going to read it in my regular American accent. Here's what Rob said. Just want to follow up about John's tremendous discussion about skyscrapers. While John considered the altitude and the height of the building, there is one important aspect he didn't consider, and that is the shape of the Earth. The Earth's shape is actually an oblate spheroid, which means it bulges out from the center, and this has a big effect on altitude. While Mount Everest is the highest mountain as measured by sea level, it is not the highest when you measure from the center of the Earth. This award, rather, goes to Chimborazo in Ecuador. It is, quote, only... 20,549 feet tall compared to Everest, which is 29,031 feet tall. Because it's on the equator. But as Trimborazzo is one degree off the equator, it towers over Mount Everest. The Earth's bulge means it's more than two kilometers higher. In fact, Everest would barely scrape the top 10 mountains if you measure them from the center of the Earth. He says, I don't know if it's possible to pick out the effects of Earth's bulge on Google Earth, but something to bear in mind in any future virtual helicopter tours. 
Rob, you've given us much to consider and much to discuss. John, what did you think about this? The pleasure or nay, the folly of measuring elevation from the center of the earth. It's fascinating. You said it. No, it's fascinating. I thought about it and I started thinking, yeah, where would be the, the tallest buildings closest to the equator? Again, you're sort of getting into what is the minimum height, but it's probably somewhere in Mexico City, which, by the way, Mexico City is is higher than Denver anyhow. What? Yeah, yeah, it's over a mile high. And, and the tallest building in Mexico City is taller than the tallest building in Denver. So I think Mexico, and it's not too far from the equator, could be the highest in the world, but I wouldn't know how to do it. So what he's saying is, is the Earth wider around the equator than around other places? That's what he says when it's an oblate spheroid? Yeah, because it spins, you know, over billions of years of that spinning, it's sort of spun itself out of a perfect sphere. That's what did it? Spinning for billions of years? It changed the shape of the Earth? Yes. That's really interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, I think the equator, it's like 24,800 and some the circumference at the equator. Yep, that sounds right. We're talking miles. But if you were to do it at the poles... The other way, the other axis... It's less than that. <laughs> Big old yawn from Starly. Starly, I know that yawn was not because of this conversation. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. But yeah, this made our job a lot more difficult doing it this way. Yep, it certainly did. Measuring from the center of the Earth... Okay, well, let's move on to another. We got another email. (laughs) Starly, this will wake you up. This one's from Michael. Hello, EPM crew. I'm listening to John's latest skyscraper shenanigans about summing building heights and city elevations. David rightly points out the bias of this approach with the example of Denver. It has some low-ass buildings, but unfairly, it benefits from a Rocky Mountain elevation boost. John tried to account for this by creating his two lists, namely sea level skyscrapers and plus 150 meter skyscrapers. But what I think would be better is a standardized ratio. Here's the ratio. Relative high rise metric in feet equals skyscraper height plus city elevation divided by skyscraper height. Large values over one would show where people are daring enough to erect the tallest buildings relative to their mountainous surroundings. This is the metric I think John is really after because these people are the real heroes, the dreamers trying to reach the doorsteps of heaven within their specific landscape constraints. Obviously, small values closer to one expose the low-life fakers. I believe this solves the problem that David was worried about, that John's list is basically a list of city elevations. Here are some examples of my ratio. The Freedom Tower of New York's New York is 1,776 plus 5 divided by 1,776 equals 1.003. Republic Plaza, Denver, Colorado, 714 feet plus 5,280 divided by 714 equals 8.395. The Torrey D Building in La Paz, Bolivia, 509 feet plus 11,942 feet divided by 591 feet equals 21.206. He says, apologies if I have some of this data slightly incorrect. I did not fly around helicopter Tony style to get the exact elevations for each building, just the city. But hopefully you see my point. I can also make a graph if it would be more helpful. Yes, please do. (laughs) Make that graph, Michael. I would like to see that. That's fascinating. So does that mean Denver has to put up, because they're already at a mile high, they have to basically have a skyscraper that's 3,000 feet high? Yeah, totally. It's like getting a head start in a race. Yeah, yeah. So you got to make some accommodations here 
It's handicapping, essentially, like in golf. That makes sense. That's a, that's an excellent point. We got a lot of emails about Let's Let's stop with those two emails. We thank everyone who— huh? That's it? There's more—I want to hear the other ones. Uh, okay, let's do some more. Here we go. <laughs> Starly's gone. <laughs> Before we do that other one, I just want to thank uh, user MLC on uh, Discord who, who did a database of all the 50 state capitals because we did talk about which state capitals were closest to one another. I forgot that we also had that conversation. Well, I would just like to say that uh, MLC just, he put together, he or she or they put together a database of all the 50 state capitals and their relationship to the other 49 state capitals to see which ones were the closest. I just want to say that I was correct in that Rhode Island and Massachusetts, well, I'd picked either Rhode Island and Massachusetts or Maryland and Delaware being the closest. And those were the two closest. And that uh, Nevada and California, Carson City and, and Sacramento actually were the 12th closest. What's the significance of that? I said they were close. Oh, I said, okay. I said Got they're it. really close and they're, and, and they're close. So it's 49 <laughs> times 50. What is that? Like 24,000 different combinations of closeness? Yeah. So that's terrific. But John, let's focus on something else. You had okay. another reason to gloat last week and yet you refused to do so. And now it turns out your refusal to gloat was actually something you could now gloat about. Starley and I were complimenting you on predicting that Andrew Yang would not win the New York City primary for mayor and that Eric Adams would. And last week, Eric Adams was way, way up. It seemed like everything was, the die was cast. And we said, John, why don't you gloat? Why don't you gloat? And you said, no, no, I, I'm not much of a gloater. And then what happened this week, John? Well, it looks like it's going to be much closer now. The Board of Elections was was biffing it. There was some chaos, and Catherine Garcia was looking good for a moment. And she's still looking pretty good. Mm-hmm, not as good. Eric Adams is back up at 59 cents right now, and Garcia's at 38 cents. I bought Garcia when she was looking. I went back and bought some more after selling her, and then I should have sold when she— There was a time when I was $100 ahead when she was on top. Oh, I know, oh. I know. Gotta sell when you're that. I know I wasn't. I wasn't really paying. I wasn't really paying attention. I didn't do it either. But I also should have bought him when he was low, so I could have at least hedged. So what do you need to happen now to make money? I need her to go back up. Well, I would just like to say that I have negative risked myself into losses across the board. No matter what happens at this point, I'm going to to lose a little bit. Cool. So that's not. I don't. That doesn't feel great. I could sell her now and about break even. But this is what, the only reason I bought her last time is because I thought I had sold it too early the other time, chasing. But then I was up. Chasing. I was effortlessly up $100. But then I didn't want to sell too early that time. It's just endless. It's hard not to overlearn the lessons of the past, right? To fail to learn the lessons? Yeah, I guess that's to fail to learn the lessons. I guess that's what I meant. Mm. Reflecting on past trades, a melancholy undertaking for many of us on Predict It. Yeah, I do seem to do the same thing every time. When my risk is low, I sell, and then I end up overcompensating by buying at a higher risk and then not selling that at the right time. And it's not an inherent, you're not 
a thrill seeker when you're doing mm -hmm. this, right? No. It's not about the danger, the rush of losing everything. No, it's always me trying to like correct what I, a mistake that I perceived I made. Yep. You know, it reminds me a lot of Donald Rumsfeld, speaking of the late Donald Rumsfeld. Mm -hmm. you, you know, all those neocons were so concerned that we had overlearned the lessons of Vietnam and people were skittish about invading other countries and they wanted to break the curse of Vietnam by resetting and democratizing the Middle East. And so we went into Iraq and lo and behold, it worked out exactly as they planned. We have exercised the ghosts of Vietnam. We have reinvigorated and re-legitimized international interference by the United States. And so we thank Donald Rumsfeld for these and the many and the many lessons that he taught us at no cost to anyone, financially or spiritually or lethally. Mm -hmm. So we just say goodbye to Donald Rumsfeld. Mm -hmm. And yes, Satan's leathery embrace is totally suffocating him right now, much to my delight. I know you're not supposed to talk bad about Satan, but come on. Hmm. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. So, John, Eric Adams is currently at 59 cents. Catherine Garcia is at 39 cents. My question is, are these prices? I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I've been stuck in GeoGuessr for the last 72 oh, hours. Geez, so right, okay. I probably could have answered this 72 hours ago, but maybe something's happened in the last. Uh, okay, fine. Let me ask you this then. Curtis Sliwa actually won the Republican primary. Yeah. He's priced at four cents. Isn't that a little bit underpriced? Should I actually buy Curtis Sliwa? Surely something is going to happen over the course of the general election where he's going to bump up a little, right? It seems like it, but maybe, yeah, you could probably get him at three cents. I was reading the Wikipedia article about Curtis Sliwa. He's had a that very been interesting- been around forever, right? He's been around forever wearing his little red beret and keeping the subway safe. But did you know that he um, admitted that they used to fake heroic subway rescues to make the guardian angels look good and to get good media attention. Brilliant. And he's also anti-Trump, which I never knew. And that kind of surprised me because Giuliani is a big Sliwa booster. But of course, hmm. Giuliani loves President Trump. But Curtis Sliwa did not like President Trump. Very interesting guy, Curtis Sliwa. You know what? I think in the spirit of having fun, which I'm addicted to having fun, I'm going to buy 100 shares of Curtis Sliwa to win the New York City mayoral election. And $3 worth. I'm going to get $3 in here, and I'm going to wear my beret, and I'm going to be a guardian angel. I'm going to be one of the guardian angels unpredicted. I'm going to go through the comment section and do citizens' arrests of evildoers in the comment section, and then I'm going to fake dramatic rescues of commenters who were getting ganged up upon. He admitted that, that they did that? Or yeah, man, he's it? just like, he's just like a total, like, uh, he's just a, I wouldn't call him a rabble rouser, but I mean, he was, he's doing his thing, man. He was kidnapped. There was an assassination attempt by John Gotti's son, apparently, because he was talking shit about the Gotti family. He's had an interesting life. He lives on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Did this guy show up after Bernie Getz or was he before Bernie Getz? Or? I think he predated Bernie Getz, but I can't remember. It was all, it was the bad old days of New York City, as we used to call them. Yeah. It's back when my dad ran an adult theater in Times Square. It was such a crazy time in our life. It was just like constant drama. Mm -hmm. Getting called downstairs because there was some altercation in my dad's little porno theater. It was called Filthy Phil's. <laughs> <laughs> it was called... <laughs> <laughs> the theater was called Filthy Phil's Film Factory. That's what it was called. I couldn't remember for a moment because it's hard for me to remember things that are true and actually happened. 
Are You Coming For My Dad was in a porno or whatever, that podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't that podcast called My Dad Was In A Porno? It's called My Dad Was In A Porno, and it's about a— Yeah, it's a podcast about Dad Was In A Porno Movie, right? I don't think that's what it's called, but when I— I was trying to find the right title, and then I Googled Dad Porno, and that's not the— Nice stuff came up? Nice stuff came up, but why wouldn't at least (laughs) that come up, that podcast? Because however many people have listened to that podcast, even if it's the most successful of podcasts of all time, a uh-huh. hundred thousand more people have just looked for actual dad porno. It's really true. I've never seen that. So it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. That, there you go. And I had to put in podcasts. Yeah, though, you're right. But I'm sure yeah. there's even porno movies. Of- <laughs> it's like in this next filthy feature, a dad who runs a podcast has sex. <laughs> so I bought Curtis Sliwa. I'm in. Get me a beret. I'm ready to ride. And in fact, oh, my orders haven't been filled. I'm going to reprice because I'm a, I, I want them now rather mm. than later. Got to be patient. Just wait. I can't be. I hate that. I hate waiting. I hate waiting for my shares to be filled. Curtis Sliwa is now above Maya Wiley and certainly above good old Andrew Yang. A penny per share. Disrupt these pennies, Andrew Yang. Your political career has come to a close. Maya Wiley is predicted does not like her being an investment. It doesn't pay on predicted to be in third place. Mm-mm. She's, you know what? She's priced higher on the predicted market about who will be in second place. She's at nine cents in that market. Hmm. Huh. Arbitrage opportunity there. Yep. Nine cents to be in second place, three cents to be in first place. In the second place, obviously, Catherine Garcia is bludgeoning everyone. She's at 57 cents to Eric Adams, 37 cents. Although I'm sure that is not a comfort to Catherine Garcia, the actual person. What next? Jeff Bezos taking that old lady astronaut to space. What? What? You didn't hear? He's taking, Jeff Bezos taking um, a woman, she's 85, and she would have gone, she was in line to go to space back in the day, but she wasn't allowed because she was a woman. Um... And so now he's taking her up on when he goes up for his little oh space God, jaunt. Fucking... And there's a video of her hugging him and thanking him and saying how wonderful he is. She hugged him so many times in this video, like really, really hugged him. And to me, it's, he just, like he, he thinks he's going to get away with this. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I know, but like that's... That's all he's got to do. He's got to just take this 85-year-old lady up to space and we're going to forgive him for all of it. So clearly, so he's doing that because he wants us to like him. But if he wants us to like him, why doesn't he just do good things? <laughs> we right, can like right. him. Why doesn't he end child poverty? And why doesn't he? Why isn't he pro union? Why doesn't he set a new but, uh, model but for that's business? Good. He's going to have that. 85-year-old woman who was denied. He's he's seeking justice. Uh, I'm telling you, white guys don't have to do much. All they got to do is just something little, and then they get, like, full credit. Yes. I mean, it, it has to go viral. Enough oh, people okay. have to hear about it. I hadn't heard about it. You've you've in, you've inadvertently helped your nemesis, Jeff Bezos, by telling me this no. heartwarming story no. of his largesse, his hunger for social justice. No, I'm getting in front of it in case you hear about oh, it. Oh, okay, got it. I want to yep. make yep. sure that when you hear about it, you don't fall for it. All right, let's role play. John, pretend we're at a dinner party and you bring up the Jeff Bezos <laughs> thing. I'm going to bring it up? Yeah, bring it up. 
Okay, I heard that Jeff Bezos is taking some woman who- I, My friend Starley told me about that. It's a cynical <laughs> ploy for our affection, but it's not going to work. Oh, interesting. I hadn't looked at it that way. Boom. We got out in front of the story, Starley. Your plan worked. Good. Now, John, we'll reverse role play. Now, now you're at the party and I come up to you. Hey, man, are you into tech? Yeah, yeah. You use Amazon? All the time. Here's a cool fact. Uh, so Jeff Bezos, you know, he's the guy who founded Amazon. He's going into space. The coolest thing is he's bringing this lady who couldn't go into space, but now he's taking her into space for free. Wow. That is very cool. That is why I use Prime all the time. That's not, not <laughs> I don't know. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to say, my friend Starley told me about this. I'm getting oh, in front of the story oh, yeah, right my now. my friend Starley told Jeff, me. If Jeff Bezos wants my affection, he should do something about all these problems we have, not be fulfilling some old lady's dream to go to space. Right. Even in a hypothetical, John is falling I know. for it. John loves Jeff Bezos. I do. John, if Jeff Bezos invited you to his annual conference of A-listers and influencers where he flies you out for free and you just hobnob with the rich and powerful, would you go? Yes. What would you talk to him about if he showed up? Huh, I don't know. Elevations. <laughs> You'd say, hey, Jeff, can you give me a billion dollars? I have a project I want to work on. Yeah. We're going to get the absolute elevations of every skyscraper on earth, and then you're going to fly to the top of each of those skyscrapers with an old person. He gives money to all sorts of crazy causes, like that 10,000, that clock fucking that they're building dumbass in the mountains. Fucking dumbass fucking clock makes me so mad. These fucking billionaires doing their dumbass Lex Luthor bullshit yeah. projects. Like, I'm going to build the world's biggest clock that just tells you the time for a million years. No one gives two shits about what time it is. The ocean is on fire. The ocean is literally on fire. Just fix everything. Fix and everything. And then we'll like you. And if you, you have money left over, everything. then go to space. Yeah. Then you can rest. Right. And Richard Branson and him vying to be the first person in space. No one is ever going to live in space. I read the best Twitter thread about this. Got me so amped. This person who lives with someone who works at NASA was like, listen, these billionaires who think we're going to live in space, you know the one guy who lived in space for one year, the human who lived in space for a year on the International Space Station came home and was like, I'm done. I'm retired. I'm never going to space again. That was the worst fucking year of my life. You think these billionaires who've been coddled and spoiled their entire adult life are going to put up with this? No kind of good food? You, your bones get all fucked up and your bones turn to jelly unless you do all these funky exercises? But they're not living in space. No one is going to live in space. John, they want to live on Mars, man. They're but trying to live space. on Mars. That's Mars. Oh, Mars is in space? They got gravity there. Where is Mars, John, if it's not in space? Where is Mars? Down the street? Are we in space? In the Midwest? No, we're not in space because the earth is for us. It's for humans. And so the space is defined in opposition to the earth. If you're not on earth, fuck you. You're in space and you shouldn't be there. <laughs> Come home. But also, if if they're all vying to like, so now that Jeff Bezos is bringing the 85-year-old lady up, <laughs> Richard Branson, Branson is now going to have to bring a 90-year-old lady up. And Elon Musk is going to bring a 100-year-old lady up. And then they're going to be up in space with all these old people that they have nothing in common Jeff with. Jeff Bezos is going to be like, fuck it. Orphanage in space. I'm bringing an orphanage to space. All these kids are going to be so happy. Elon Musk will bring up the orphans that were down in the All mine. All those kids in Thailand. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they would love to be trapped again in another windowless, <laughs> airless container. <laughs> so he'll say, I'm giving you the world, giving you the furthest that I could ever give you from being down in that well. And they'll be like, you mean you're giving us college scholarships? No, no. we're going to space. 
Yeah. And then we got Mark Zuckerberg. Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg's out here fucking around on a surfboard called an American flag. That kind of actually made me think, okay, if I had to take one of these guys, I would take Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg's like, fuck Spaceman, I'm having a blast here on Earth. I'm surfing around with an American flag, blasting country roads, take me home by one John Denver. I don't need to waste all my money on these bullshit fucking rockets, trying to hornswoggle people into thinking we're going to live on Mars. I'm here living my best life on Earth. I've got my SPF 10,000 sunscreen on. I'm surfing like a madman, enjoying the bounty of Mother Nature, the waves, the water, the hills. But you fell for it. I did. I'm, a, I'm pro Zuckerberg now. The whole thing is he's saying it's a competition. I want you guys only to be thinking in terms of billionaire competition. They want all of our brains occupied with choosing the best one of them. It's Mark Zuckerberg is the best I have chosen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, it was smart of him to be like, I'm, I'm competing by ducking out of that competition. He changed the game. He's like, yeah, totally. I can't wait for George Soros to do something in a viral video on his Instagram account. <laughs> Instagram slash bigGeorgeSoros.com. He comes out with some video where he's just like buried up to his neck in sand at the beach. And he's like, I I love the earth. I get buried in sand. Look at me. I'm George Soros. I'm having fun. You you weirdos can go live in space. Little More room for the rest of us down here on earth. What if he made that video, John? What kind of music would be playing in the background? Huh. Mr. Sand. It would be Mr. Sandman. <laughs> oh, and Enter Sandman is even yeah. better, yeah. By Metallica, he's covered in sand. John, you got to remember, tell people they can't fall for it. Don't fall for it. When they bring up it. that old lady. All right. She's, in the video, she's really happy, and she's really grateful. It, I mean, she's been waiting her whole life for he this. Could, he could literally make thousands and thousands and thousands of people that happy and that grateful if he wasn't a sociopath. I think the problem is it's just not cool to help people, right? It's cool to go to space, but it's not cool to help people. You don't think it's cool to give your money away? I think it's pretty cool with Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott. She's giving away tons of money. That's awesome. Of course, of course. It is objectively cool, but I'm saying for these guys, look at Jeff Bezos. Look at his body over the years. He's so jacked now. It's because they're competing against one another. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's not, and right, and and giving, seeing who can be the kindest is not a legitimate conversation for these alpha males to have. It's not a legitimate contest, rather. They're, they're not competing to see who is the most generous or who's the kindest. They're just swinging their dicks around, being like, I'm going to go into space first. I'm going to be the first normal civilian to go up in space and fly around in a in a fucking metal coffin and look down at Earth and be like, and then come back and give a press conference and say, oh my God, it was so profound. It really changed my perspective on everything. Okay, so we talked about our billionaires in space. We talked about our skyscrapers. I just wanted to touch on something very quickly, and it's related to Yale. Yale Law School, home of Tiger Mom, Amy Chua, who's now in trouble because I guess her and her husband used to have alcohol parties for all the undergrads or all the law students. And she's the one, remember, who told her female students that if they wanted to clerk for Brett Kavanaugh, they kind of had to dress a little, uh, the filthy Phil manner. You had to make yourself uh, look very feminine and made up and stuff for Brett Kavanaugh. I didn't realize this until I was reading about my hero, J.D. Vance, the hillbilly hedge funder, that when, when J.D. Vance, son of Appalachia, who wrote Hillbilly Elegy, went to Yale Law School when he escaped the confines of his upbringing, 
who took him under his wing? It was actually Tiger Mom. It was Amy Chua. And she's the one who told him to write his book, which fucking hypnotized Ron Howard into making the dumbest movie ever made, Hillbilly Elegy. All this to say, J.D. Vance is running for Senate in Ohio. He has officially entered the GOP Ohio Senate race. The campaign video, when he kicks off his announcement, is incredible because at the moment he announces he's running for Senate, his sign falls off the front of his podium. I'm so in on J.D. Vance running away with this Republican nomination. He spent the week deleting all his old tweets where he had criticized Trump and said he was going to vote for Evan McMullen. Those tweets are a memory hold because he actually went down with Peter Thiel, his old boss at the hedge fund. They went down and had a meeting with Donald Trump. He is all in. And I want to bring up this market and take a look. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Wow, Josh Mandel is the favorite in this market at 36 right now. Yep. I mean, talk about uh, putts, for lack of a better term. Boy, Josh Mandel's the one who goes out and talks in the fake Southern accent and does all this stuff. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think J.D. Vance probably has a chance if Josh Mandel is... How did, how did that happen? Liberals made it happen because everybody bought his book. The New York Times said it was like one of the six essential books to understand how Trump won. I never bought that. Never. We have to understand the white working class. J.D. Vance, a, a genuine, authentic son of Appalachia, has finally explained the systemic, generation-long grind that leads... It did not age well, though. No. Oh, it didn't? I feel like we made it happen. You made it happen, though, David, by being interested. Me? Yeah, by being consumed by him. By being consumed by how he doesn't look like how he sounds. Oh, that thing. Yeah. I have this thing where every six months I text John and Starley a photo of J.D. Vance, and, and I text them, oh, my God, I f look at J.D. Vance. He doesn't look like how I thought I did. And Starley says, you texted us this six months ago. I always forget. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think he's going to look like the like the Marlboro man, like a hard scrabble Appalachian guy. This dude is s softer than a baby's butt. Yeah, to me, he looks exactly like I would imagine, sort of a puffy guy from Kentucky. I mean, not I don't have anything against Kentucky, but I, I know some guys from Kentucky that sort of look like this. He makes Ross Douthat look like Clint Eastwood. He's, he looks like a nice guy. Yeah, John, I'm sure he looks like a nice guy, but he's... J.D. Vance looks like a nice guy. Jeff Bezos is a nice guy for bringing old ladies to space. <laughs> what, 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 who isn't a nice guy, according to John? Yeah, John. Name, this is, John, name somebody who's not a nice guy challenge. I was just saying that he looked like a nice guy. I, I don't think Bezos looks like a nice guy. He looks sort of like an evil billionaire. Yeah, which is totally by design. I think he's, I think he's trying to look like a comic book villain from the 70s or 80s, right? He's fucking... Benching, who knows what he benches these days. He's jacked, he's got a bald head, he wears funky sunglasses. He's gonna go fly up in a private space station. There are four not cool guys who are forced, is it four, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, three. Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos, Richard Mark Branson, Zuckerberg, okay. Elon Musk. Okay, at least Richard Branson's cooler, I guess. But... It's like the four of them are, are competing against each other about who's more jacked, but none of them are jacked. None of them are naturally jacked men, but they have to compete against them because they're the only ones in the same in the right tier. Like Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg comparing abs. Uh huh. Like it's not that satisfying of a competition to win, but it has to be against each other because there's no one else. 
because they're they're at a level they're in the top like, tier. But they of have the to top. be the most jacked billionaires. They can't be the most jacked men. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It'd be like if they had a billionaire only category for the Olympics, like how they have men's competition, women's competition, and then they would have billionaire competition. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, all of you have enough money to do whatever you need to do in order to make your body as the best they can possibly look, but it doesn't look that good. Like, I know when I see Mark Zuckerberg, it's the absolute best he can look. Whoa, whoa. That's a chilling thought. Starly, that is so interesting. When you look at a billionaire, you are seeing them at the absolute best they can look because they can actually spare no expense in looking exactly how they want to look. Yeah. Ooh, I got to pray on that one, man. Damn, that's <laughs> heavy right there. I mean, he looks fine. That haircut actually doesn't look fine. I don't know what's going on. I think they're trolling us with that haircut, Mark Zuckerberg, right? That's the soil. That's the soylent of haircuts where it's like, I like this haircut because I don't have to spend much time caring for it and I can spend more time on my databases and surf lessons. Right, it's comfortable. Come on, man. Getting back to my boy J.D., Trading at 28 cents to win the Ohio Republican Senate primary. John, what do you think? 28 cents. Should I buy? Thanks. I'll buy 50 shares. He'll go up. He's an idiot. He just got, he got, he's getting bankrolled by Peter Thiel. I think Peter Thiel gave him tens of millions of dollars for this race, or a pack did. This dude is going to have money forever. I don't know who Jane Timken is. She's trading one cent below at 28 cents. I'm all about JD. Come on, JD. J.D. Vance, let's advance. Hey, that could be a slogan. Advance with J.D. Vance. I'm going to write him an email right now. Hold on. I'm going to contact his campaign with my idea. <laughs> J.D., I'm going to do this. This will be amazing. What if they write back? I can read the letter on the air. Okay, J.D. Vance campaign. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Where's his campaign? Web? Does he not have a cam campaign website, John? Just go to jdvance.biz. You think that's what it is? If it was... I'd vote for him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What if I type jdvance.com? Let's see what happens. jdvance.com. Here we go. Great. Stand with JD. Become a founding member today. JD Vance, conservative outsider. JD will bring Ohio values to Washington, but he can't do it alone. Join the movement. Meet J.D. Vance. Ohio needs a true conservative in the United States Senate. It needs someone who understands how our economic and government leaders conspire to make life harder for normal Americans. You're right. He's going to win. <laughs> it needs someone who knows what it's like to live in a left-behind community. It needs someone who is not a career politician recycling cheap establishment talking points instead of focusing on our real problems. A conservative outsider. That outsider is J.D. Vance. Here we go. Get involved. Your information. J.D. Vance. That's what I'm going to do if I ever run for any type of office. I'm not going to go by John Kimball. I'm going to go by J.D. Kimball. Yeah, it always sounds better. Okay, I, well, I what I want to do is sign up for updates, and I want to attend a fundraiser. I'm going to click attend a fundraiser because then they'll think I'm rich. And I'm submitting to – I'm going to work for the campaign now. Your submission has been received. Thank you. We'll be in touch soon. Now, that's okay. But what I really want to do is tell them about my idea for a slogan. And I'm not seeing a contact. Maybe when they get in touch soon, you can pitch it then. I will. You're right. I'm going to do – I guess I'll just have to wait. You know I hate to wait, John. I hate being patient. Did you buy at 28 cents? Because I – now looking at him, you know how they say you can just look and you can generally determine by their looks – Looking at him yeah. and looking at everyone else in the race, he's yeah. a good-looking guy. He's got a nice beard. Oh. Um, 
He, <laughs> you're beer blind. You are so beard blind. Mm-hmm. Josh Mandel does not have the look for what Republicans are looking for right now. J.D. Vance has it. I disagree. I think J.D. Vance looks like shit. I think he looks, I think he looks soft as hell, and I think it is not what conservatives are looking for right now. Conservatives are looking for what Josh Mandel brings? Yeah, some punk-ass kid like, uh, what's his name? Josh Hawley, you know, Pringles can head. They want some little pencil neck weirdo. They want them to look lizard-like. Stephen Miller has reset the aesthetics for what a conservative man should look like, right? So you're not buying him? You're buying Mandel? No, I'm buying J.D. Vance, but I'm because I assume he's going to rise. And I'm just riding, I'm, I'm riding waves, bro. I don't think J.D. Vance might is actually going to win. But I think he'll rise once people learn more about his campaign and once Peter Thiel just turns on the money gun and everyone in Ohio is watching 60,000 J.D. Vance ads all the time. And then he fucking gets Ron Howard to show up and do an ad for him because Ron Howard obviously has been hypnotized by this bogus motherfucker. <laughs> you know, Glenn Close and Amy Adams doing events for him because they because they were in his dipshit movie Hillbilly Elegy. Were they? Yeah, they. Glenn Close was uh, nominated for an Academy Award. She played Meemaw, his grandma. Hmm. I know a lot about J.D. Vance, so everybody <laughs> just be careful because I know a lot about him. I'm going to become an expert and I'm going to work for his campaign. I'm going to go live in Ohio and knock on doors for J.D. Vance. So he's he's pro Trump now. Yeah, he deleted his all his anti Trump tweets. And he says, and he says, I regret being wrong about the guy. I think he was a good president. I regret being wrong about the guy. I think he was a good president. I think he made a lot of good decisions for people. Oh, God, this country. Cornfield. It's so incredible, Starly. It's just so incredible. (laughs) It really is just so incredible. (laughs) This guy, I mean, it's just, woo. What, What is there to say? He even got to J.D. Vance. He even got to J.D. Vance. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just like. Gotta bend, you gotta bend the knee. You gotta, you gotta supplicate yourself in front of uh, the leader of the Republican Party, President Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, we didn't even mention that like the CFO no. of the Trump Organization got arrested. <laughs> Alan Weisselberg, like very interesting things are gonna be happening in the future of our country. Is there a market for that no, yet? There's no, I mean, the only markets they have are stuff about whether Trump's gonna run again, when he's gonna announce. But there should be a run, there should be a- um, Indictment market? Yeah, charges market. There's nothing, when you search Trump org, it's all just Trump. There's nothing specific to the problems that the company is happening. That's because predicted is like, he was a very good president. He did a very good job. Whoa, you think predicted is scrubbing a anti-Trump stuff. I mean, his CFO got arrested. I know, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> all right, John, anything else? Mm. John just been on that game the whole time. Been playing that game. I know. This is the weird. This is the weird one. This is like the hangover after the incredible party of last week's mm-hmm. episode. John had to self-medicate for five days by playing GeoGuessr. GeoGuessr. I got I, I, a perfect score is twenty five thousand. I got uh-huh. twenty two thousand seven hundred, which like three of them I got within a hundred feet, and then one I got within like twenty three miles, and then I missed one by like you know a thousand miles or something. It's tough, man. It's tough when they land in Thailand or uh, Malaysia, or, you know, Croatia, or something like that. I, now, I, keep in I mind, trouble. Charlie and I truly have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, it, it, is, it, it gives you a place. It lands you somewhere in Google Street View. 
So it okay. lands in Brooklyn <laughs> and you look at it and you're like, boy, that looks like New York City. That looks like it might be Brooklyn. And then you may actually see a truck parked there that says Smith Brothers, Long Island City. And you're like, oh, okay, that prob- that might be in Brooklyn. Queens. Do you have points on top for that one? You just, you, you never know. I mean, the other day I saw a truck that had a Michigan it had something in Michigan. So I was like, okay, this is in Michigan. It turned out it was in Ohio. This truck had traveled to Ohio. Threw me off. Um, but usually when it lands in the U.S., right up. you can tell. But when it lands in Pretoria, you know, somewhere in South Africa or something, or or Spain. And it's, so it's, all you have to work on is a single screenshot from a random no, Google No, you can view. play it two different ways. You can play it where you can't move at all, or you can, you know— fiddle around and go a couple blocks to see if you can find a street name. Well, that's cheating. And then what, do you enter the street name into Google and then you know exactly where you are? Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. No, that's definitely cheating. That's definitely cheating. You know, or you'll see an area code. Like, so the other day I was going around and I see an area code 803. I know that's the South Carolina area code, but it would be cheating if I didn't know that to then pick up another screen and look up 803 as an area code. So things you need to know, you need to know about cars. I don't know. John about cars. or Starley, just make sure that you <laughs> leave in the 20 minutes before this conversation where John was basically snoring on microphone. And then we ask him how to play GeoGuessr. And now it's like he's just done 50 rails of Coke with yeah. Matt Gates. So you need to know car license plates. And what else do you need to know? So you need, so sometimes you land, like I landed in uh, Pennsylvania the other day. I could tell that there were mountains around. It looks sort of like Appalachia. And I could see that they, the license plates are blurred. But I could see that they were orange, you know, sort of yellowy orange like Pennsylvania. And then you may be able to travel a little bit and see a highway sign. And then you go to the map and just start looking around in Pennsylvania if you can find a Highway 13. And you may find it or you may not. And it may Wait, turn out Wait, you open that a second tab and then start looking at an actual map? It's within the game. It's within the game. Did you learn about license plate colors because of this game or because of you doing Google Earth? No, he's known about license plate colors since kindergarten. Or you go in and you see that the license plates are long and you say, okay, this looks like an EU plate. Right, right. They do have long license plates over there. Where in Europe? I don't know. And then you look and you see, oh, well, this sign is written a certain way. Or in Australia, you see that the, the, the Google car is on the left side of the road. So you're like, it's probably Australia. Now, I don't know if it's Perth. I don't know if it's Sydney, Melbourne. So you can drive around some more looking for... It depends on how much time you want to spend. I usually don't <laughs> want to spend more more than like 15 minutes on each one. You can get 5,000 points if you are get a perfect score. And a perfect score is like within 200 feet or something. If you're within 500 feet, it'll take away... It, it'll give you like 4,950. It'll take away 50 points or so. Sounds really fun. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah, I definitely will. Mm-hmm. Look a little blood, your eyes look a little bloodshot. Look like you've been up for a few days. <laughs> it really, it is fun. And every once in a while, you get one really easy. The other day, it dropped me into Charlotte, and it was like on North Clarkson Street. You could you could actually see the Charlotte skyline, so I knew I was in Charlotte. But then you could see the actual street that it was on. Oh, you were so, loving life then. I nailed that one, you know, within like 30 seconds, within 50 feet. But most of them aren't like that. Most of them, they drop you in the middle of a field somewhere, and you're like, am I in North Dakota, Wyoming, Texas? Do you get, do you get more points if you do it fast? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I've I've only done it on my phone. Apparently, if you do it on your on your laptop, it like breaks down how fast you did it, and then it it ranks you like other billionaires. There's nothing worse than when you miss by like twelve thousand miles because of the, the Earth. You can't really miss by more than twelve thousand. Oh right, because you're halfway around coming and going. You can go on YouTube, just search GeoGuessr YouTube, and you can see these absolute maniacs, and it's crazy. And there's some guys that have gotten a perfect score without ever moving. You guys ready for the big finale? Yes. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell with help from Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa. You can support us on Patreon. That will give you access to our Discord. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers. Send your election prediction questions and elevation strategies to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to join me in buying shares in J.D. Vance winning the Ohio Republican Senate primary, log on to Predict It and get some free money. Here's how you do it. Go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. You'll receive up to $20 in matching funds. Reminder to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts subscribe to the show. You can get the show as quickly as possible. We will see you in space. We are going to submit a letter, a heart-wrenching letter to Jeff Bezos so one of us can get in the spaceship as part of his... Are we going to disguise ourselves as old ladies? Mr. Bezos, my name is Mabel Mayweather, and I wanted to go to space a hundred years ago, and they said a woman couldn't go because her petticoat wouldn't fit in the cockpit. Take me into space. And then he does it. And then I turn around... I just want to say that Mr. Bezos is a real gentleman. Thank you for making my dream come true. And you can watch TV shows on Amazon Prime. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> that was a good goodbye, yeah. just Starly. That was one of the best <laughs> goodbyes ever. Goodbye. West Virginia.